first off, we've been married almost 21 years. We've had a long time dealing with money in our marriage. He's much more um, frugal with funds. And when he's going to buy something, it's going to be something big. I'm the spender. I will do lots of little purchases, but I'm like constantly in like at little purchase mode. So when he brought that up the first time, he's like, so I think maybe we should talk about this. Just, just listen to this. And, and it was intriguing to me because we weren't comfortable living the way we'd been living. We knew something had to change. We knew at some point in time we were going to want to have a family, but we were still saddled with all this debt and we needed a plan. We knew that before we had kids, we wanted to be debt-free. Welcome to the Couple Money Podcast, the show where we share stories and advice on building your marriage and wealth together. I'm El Martinez. Support for this podcast comes from Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money course. This self-paced class is designed to help you two get on the same page with money, dump your debt faster, and build wealth as a team. Sign up for the course and get lifetime access today. Just head over to couplemoney.com slash jumpstart. Normally, people associate intimacy with the physical or emotional, but with a long-lasting marriage, it takes more. You two can connect intellectually, maybe spiritually, recreation, and yes, financially. You didn't think we'd skip that in this podcast. If you've been listening to the show for a bit, you know that money itself is usually not the issue, but a symptom. To a degree, once the bills are paid, how we spend, use, save, give of our money and time, it's a reflection of our priorities. Intimacy is connected on so many levels, and when we neglect or ignore talking and working through certain issues, our marriage can suffer. What if, though, you've been married for some time, and certain things haven't been a priority? Can you turn things around? Not only, for example, fix your finances, but become more open as a couple. Fortunately, Tony and Elisa DeLorenzo are on the show today to share their story and help make things easier. They're the dynamic duo behind One Extraordinary Marriage, where they explore developing a stronger marriage. In this episode, we get into the challenges Tony and Elisa face with debt, how they started those conversations about money, and how they created a system with their family's finances that they're both happy with. By their own admission, when Tony and Elisa began their marriage, finances weren't a priority. Our early years, though, was a time of debt. Mm -hmm. Uh, We met in college. We met uh, the summer of 94. So what he's trying to say is (laughs) before cell phones, before email, before, you know, all of these conveniences. We called long distance telephone bills in the four, five, six hundred dollar ranges as poor college students. And the way we would pay those is, you know, credit cards. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that came, you know, when we got married two years later, it all came down and, and we bundled all that together. Student loans then got tacked on. Oh, it makes my stomach hurt. Probably about 50, between 50 and 60,000. Mm-hmm. And that included cars. Cars. Okay. Students, credit cards. Consumer debt. Consumer debt. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd done some stupidity with real estate in there too. In terms of their financial system, it was fairly straightforward with joint accounts. 
we got married young, 23 and 22. We, we didn't know any better. We didn't have a lot. Mm -hmm. And so for us, it was like, we're in this together. Yeah. Uh, it, I, the, I do, you know, for better or for worse was Elisa and Tony together. And so it all just came together. What was hers was mine. And what was mine was hers. And that's the way we've always looked at it. Mm -hmm. So we've had joint accounts since the day we got married. And over the years, the debt accumulated. Probably about 50, between 50 and 60,000. Mm -hmm. And that included cars. Cars. Okay. Student debt. credit card. Consumer debt. Consumer debt. Mm -hmm. um, we'd done some stupidity with real estate in there too. For a time, they kept things moving along with their money. But eventually, the debt and the money stress, it began weighing on them. You know, we would yeah. just, the money would come in yeah. and we play the credit card shuffle and you know, go out with our friends and just keep putting it on the credit card. And we didn't really ever in those early years, honestly, I don't remember ever sitting down and saying, we need to talk about this. It wasn't until, um, well, well we would talk about it when we got like past due notices in the mail yeah. or the collectors were calling. Or the collectors were starting to call. Yeah. Then we were like, Oh, maybe we should talk about this. But even yeah. then it wasn't like, Oh, Hey, let's sit down and have some conversation around it. It was, yeah, it was year five when we finally, um, sat down for our first ever, I would say, monthly budget. Well, and what had happened was we were living long distance again for a brief period because mm -hmm. we were making a transition from Southern California to Washington mm -hmm. State, um, actually right around 9-11. And so Tony had been up in Washington and had found Dave Ramsey mm -hmm. and had been listening to his radio show. I move up like six weeks later, I think it was, and he very... Um, softly approaches me with, I think maybe we should listen to this because, so Tony is the saver mm -hmm. in our marriage. He's much more um, frugal with funds. And when he's going to buy something, it's going to be something big. I'm the spender. I will do lots of little purchases, but I'm like constantly in like at little purchase mode. So when he brought that up the first time, he's like, so I think maybe we should talk about this. Just, just listen to this. And, and it was intriguing to me because we weren't comfortable living the way we'd been living. We knew something had to change. We knew at some point in time we were going to want to have a family, but we were still saddled with all this debt and we needed a plan. We knew that before we had kids, we wanted to be debt free. And as a part of that plan, they started digging around and reading personal finance books. Well, we devoured a lot of different books. Mm -hmm. um, and one of them was Financial Peace. And for us, it was the key for us to doing it wasn't just reading it and then going, oh, that's a good idea. It was every time we went through a chapter, we implemented. In case you're not familiar with Dave Ramsey, he has a program. He calls it the seven baby steps to financial peace. And you're supposed to go through it in a very specific order. That way you can focus one at a time on getting out of debt investing for the future, saving for college. So the first step is having that $1,000 cash in a beginner emergency fund. Once you have that in place, then you eliminate your debt by using the debt snowball. And we did an episode on this. It's where you pay the minimum on all your debts but one, and you put everything extra you can and knock that out. Once that's knocked out, you put it to the next debt and so on and so forth. The goal for that second baby step is that you use the debt snowball to pay off all your debt but your house if you have a mortgage. And then the third step is fully funding your emergency fund. And when that's in place, number four is investing 15% of your household income into retirement. 
then you want to start saving for college if that's a goal you two have for your children and you pay off your house early for the sixth step and finally it's building wealth and giving generously so when you know lisa's talking about with all our credit cards and all our debt that was the debt snowball and instead of just looking at it and going oh that's nice we had to get real and honest and raw with each other and go okay well what do we actually have because that's the toughest thing right i mean at that point in time, having been married five years, we had combined everything. We had moved numerous times and, you know, we had debt everywhere. And we, it was the first time I think both of us really sat down and were like, oh, wow, <laughs> we have this credit card and we have that credit card and we have this and we owe money on this. And it was like, oh, wow. And a lot of people don't want to take that, that step. And so no matter if you're just reading the book or going through the course or whatever, course you may go through it's taking the time to actually sit down and take action and do those steps together many times though those initial conversations those rip the band-aid off let's look at the number moments even though they're crucial they're incredibly hard to start off with and a lot of times it's because we don't have the skill set or practice or the role models that can help us out Tony and Elisa can definitely relate to that. Yeah. It's uncomfortable because neither mm -hmm. one of us had parents who ever talked about money in front of us. Not at all. Both our parents went through, while we were you know, younger, both our parents went through really, really tough financial times. I mean, my parents declared bankruptcy. Tony's dad, you know, Tony tells the story of his parents getting down to like their last, what, $100? Yeah, it was like a $100 or $1,000. They didn't have, but they never showed it, never brought it up to, right. to I mean, me. It was years later that I learned that. Mm -hmm. But you, but our parents never sat down and said, here's, here's the financial picture, right? So it wasn't one of those skills that we actually ever saw modeled. And I think that's the way it does for a lot of couples that you, you find yourself all of a sudden, you know, not all of a sudden, but here you are married, you've had the big party, and now we're supposed to figure out how to do life together. And one of those areas of life is money. But money is one of those things that they tell you very, from a very young age that you're not supposed to talk about. So what do you, like, where do you learn how to do this? Mm -hmm. And how do you get past that awkward, like, oh, I have to show you everything I've spent this month? So how do you guys get started? Reflecting on what they learned from their own experience and through their work with other couples, Tony and Elisa had some great icebreakers to start off with. Creating that breakthrough of mm -hmm. saying, you know, what are those baby steps? Let's start with Let's start with the simpler questions. We don't always have to go right into basically get financially naked in front of me. Right, like yeah. lay it all out there. <laughs> Instead, it's okay. You know what? Let's just let's just sit down and have a conversation about you know, like what do we want our financial future to look like? Because sometimes it's easier to kind of unravel all of the baggage, all of the suitcase. If you're like, you know, let's say we're going to retire in twenty, thirty years. What do we want that picture to look like? Right? And mm -hmm. are are we currently working there? I mean, Tony and I wrote a book. Um, gosh, was that last year? Mm -hmm. that we really said, connect like you did when you first met 101 proven questions for couples. And we dedicated a whole chapter in there to questions about money, because we knew that these were questions that we had trouble, you know, even thinking of, right? Because mm -hmm. that's part of the problem too. It's like, I don't even know where to start the conversation. It, it, what do I ask? Just like we're in debt. I see the bills. Like, what does that mean? What do we, you know, what are you spending money on? Because typically the conversation goes, well, what do you mean we don't have any money? What have you spent all the money on? Like, where's your paycheck? You know, and that doesn't work. 
<laughs> I understand it's the default for people, but it's, it doesn't work. It just creates more confrontation and people hiding and not having the conversations. And, and one of the things that I share with our couples is that get yourself an egg timer. It's a little old school, but get an egg timer and set it for like 10 or 15 minutes and just say, we're only going to talk about money and our finances for this amount of time. Right. And when it go, get, when it dings, we're done. Like start in those baby steps, right? Because maybe it's thinking about retirement. Maybe it's like you asked us, what are those lessons that we want the kids to have? And are we living those out? Are we, you know, are we showing that to the kids? Mm-hmm. Right. But connect like you did. has been a huge resource um, for couples because it does have, like I said, that very um, intentional chapter on dollars and cents, but it also tackles all the other intimacies because communication, once you learn how to talk about one area of intimacy, it's amazing how that starts to spill over and you start to see your entire relationship shift. And that's what happened with Tony and Elisa. Their marriage started improving in one area after another. And with their finances, since they felt more open and intimate with talking about what they valued, they could build a financial system that fit them. We have a scheduled monthly check-in, usually the last day or two of the month, preparing for the following month. And then we talk finances mm-hmm. throughout the course of the month, like, if, you know, um, especially around because we do have a teenager, you know, so we have a high schooler and a middle schooler. Um, so our grocery budget is kind of crazy. Yeah. So since we got out of debt and we've been doing this ever since monthly, I think it's almost every month we've done it. Um, and I can't remember months that we haven't has done our cash flow plan. Well, there were a couple months when we got in trouble. Remember, there's a few podcast episodes. Yeah, there are. <laughs> like but there, I'm saying there was for a the small majority, window, about four I mean, months. for the yeah, I mean, we're talking over the last however many sixteen years. Sixteen years now. I mean, that's a good record. But yeah. I mean, you guys put everything out there, so there's bound to be a record. Yeah. Well, and that's that's why I'm like full that's transparency because yes. if somebody comes and checks out the one extraordinary marriage, they're gonna be like, no, wait, Tony and Elisa, right there. That's what. Right. Yeah. Well, and that was during the recession as well. So there are tough times. I mean, we've gone through ups and downs together for sure. Um, but we have our cash flow plan mm-hmm. and we do go over that at the beginning of every month. And we look at that and it's not to say that we're trying to stifle each other. If, mm-hmm. Hey, we know that Elisa is going to use and wants to purchase certain items and it's going to cost X, Y, Z. Well, we look at it in our cash flow plan. And if it works out that she can have a hundred, 200, 300, whatever it may be, Mm-hmm. then that's what we're, that's what we're going to settle on. Most of the time for both of us on a monthly basis is we, we set aside a hundred dollars in our blow money. And that's okay. for us to do with what we want to do with it. So that's something that we agreed upon. There are other people that we know that have higher ones and, and that's fine. It, it, it's going to depend on your, on your marriage, on your dynamic, where you are. Sometimes right now in our lives with, with a high schooler or a middle schooler, you know, Elisa and I are honestly looking at our blow money and we're just going at this point in time, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter if my son wants to go to a game to a football game, I'll use my blow money to go take him to a football game. Because to me, that time with him is more important than me going buying something for myself, which I've done in the past. Like that money, that blow money for me was very important during my cycling years. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that all went towards my cycling gear right now. It's different. And so that ebbs and flows, but it's that cash flow plan, starting it at the beginning of the month. We know what we have. We know where our money's going to go. And we try to stick to that to the best of our abilities. And there have been months when it goes crazy and we lose sight of it. And then 
all right, let's reel that back in. We, we can't be doing that. This is why we have it set up. And you may have a completely different financial system. Maybe you check in less frequently, maybe more frequently. Maybe you like different apps. Maybe you're a person that prefers the debt avalanche over the snowball. But that's not what matters. What matters is that the two of you are talking and focusing together your energy on tackling debt and achieving your financial and personal goals together. Yeah. And I want to, I want to say that's the key Mm -hmm. is for couples to look at their finances as the problem, not their spouse together. You guys are the team, whatever your, whatever your last name is, that's what it is. You know, for us, it's team DeLorenzo. And if there's an issue or a problem we're facing, Elise and I are facing those together. And yes, we're going to get emotional. We're going to get passionate for what we believe needs to happen. And yet at the end of the day, that problem, be it, you know, debt, uh, be it a kid who's going sideways, you know, businesses that deals that aren't working out, friends that are causing havoc, whatever those are, those are the problems that we come together and work together towards. Um, And when you see that in your marriage, it shifts how you're going to react to your spouse too. And I'm not going to say you're not going to argue. You're going to have disagreements. Holy no way. Come <laughs> join us in our house. The, the, the amount of things that we've had to deal with in the last 90 days um, have put me on edge at times and Elisa as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, we know we may have those moments and we still love each other. We're not going to get a divorce where we, we, we've just, we're stressed out and we just need to take some time, but we look at it after that to go, okay, what's the issue we're, we're dealing with today? That's what we got to put our focus on. And that's how we're going to go after it together. Huge thanks to Tony and Elisa for coming on the show and sharing their story and a belated happy anniversary. Congratulations, guys. If you want to hear more about their journey, please visit OneExtraordinaryMarriage.com. They have a wonderful podcast, also called One Extraordinary Marriage. You can also pick up some books. We talked about Connect like you did when you first met on this show, but Tony and Elisa have written several others. As always, I'll have all the info and details in the show notes. I've included the links and some of my favorite resources to help make these conversations about money more productive and less stressful. Just head over to couplemoney.com. But you know, better conversations don't just happen. If you haven't already, go ahead and pick up Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money book. I go through step-by-step how the two of you can open up about finances and then set up your money so it's working towards your goals. You can, again, find that in the show notes or just visit couplemoney.com slash book. And finally, I want to say thank you. I hope you enjoyed this show. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please do. We're out there on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Overcast, and more. And you can grab the feed off our site so you can listen to the show from whatever podcast app you prefer. Our theme song was written and performed by Gentle Regime. Additional music by Lee Rosevere and music for makers. Finally, I want to say thank you. Couple Money Podcast is made possible because incredible listeners like you. Your tweets, reviews, likes, and more are so encouraging. Thank you. 
If there's a topic or question you want covered on the show, just let me know. I hope you have a great week. Take care. We'll be right back.